This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. know what that means to be in the presence of God. Oh, I have to see it to believe it. Well, your faith, you don't see Jesus. You weren't there when Jesus was at the cross. Were you there at the cross? Were you there to see and witness the empty tomb? No, you stand in faith. You believe in Christ that even once you die, you'll be in the presence of Christ because of Christ. You believe. Why can't we believe that we're in the presence of God when we're in prayer in a time of devotion, in a time when we read the scriptures? We're listening to the voice of God. Under Roman rule, Christians experienced opposition and persecution because of their faith. This made them think what they had before was better, even though it wasn't. You see, they needed the reminder that their hope is found in Jesus. That bond was made possible because of his death. Don't we need that memo too? Our love and faith in Jesus comes with close proximity and sincerity. This is Pastor Eddie's message today. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 10. As he begins his message, hold fast to your confession. Hebrews chapter 10, as we study God's word verse by verse, we are now find ourselves in Hebrews chapter 10. The Apostle Paul does this quite often in his letters. He gives you doctrine, and then he gives you application, okay? And so the first section, you know, it dealt with the explanation. Now we're getting to the application. And so that's in verses 19 to 25. So let us read these seven verses, and then we look at them verse by verse. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. The writer of Hebrew writes this, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and our body washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the matter of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Verses 19 to 25, it depending now, it depending uh, as far as the translations you have, we have seven verses. Seven verses. Now, if you have the translation, the King James, the thou, thus, and you know, if you can understand that language, I can't, okay? It's funny, because I used to go to churches and then they would prophesy out of nowhere, and the person would prophesy, I was like speaking King James. Is it God speaking King James? We don't know. But anyway, the King James, you know, if you, if you have the King James, these seven verses, there are only two sentences 
in the seven verses. If you have the New King James Version or the ESV Version, you have their three is made up of three sentences. If you have the New Living Translation, it's made up of seven sentences. The reason why I say that, because in the Greek, it is one single sentence. It ends with one period. One single sentence ends with one period. Because the writer, we see that, and at the end, I'll tell you why this is important. Because it'll help, you know, uh, help us understand the last verse. But anyhow, it's one single sentence, and so now we we find ourselves with this one sentence. It shifts from doctrine to duty, or you may say from principle to practice, or instruction to exhortation. But you know, I like to use the explanation and the application. He already explained who Jesus is. Jesus superior. He's better. Simple. That's the theme of the book. Jesus is better. Now he's getting to the, to the application. And so we need to hold fast our confession. And it's divided, our study is divided into two parts. From verses 19 to 21, we're going to look at the full access we have in, in the holy place. And that's because of Christ. We have full access to enter the throne room of God. And in verses 22 to 25, will give us a command, a few commands that goes along with the exhortation. So we read the text. Let us now study it verse by verse. It begins with the word therefore, and you students already know, right? When you see the word therefore, you ask yourself, what is it therefore? It is there because in light of the first section, therefore, because of chapter 1, all the way to chapter 10, verse 18, he gave us the explanation that Jesus is superior. Jesus is better. He says, therefore, brethren. He's addressing now, uh, most likely, he's really pointing out to fellow Jews, Hebrews, but obviously, we know that the word of God applies for us as well. Those of us who have repented, been born again, we have been grafted in, right? Read Romans chapter 11, tells you that neither Jew nor Gentile, we're all one in Christ, we've been grafted in. And so when we get to heaven, it's not going to be a Jewish section. It's not going to be a Gentile section. It's not going to be the, uh, you know, kosher section and the non-kosher, right? You know, I remember when I went to Israel, you know, the first time I went to Israel was police officers and firefighters. And a good friend of mine, uh, Jerry Silcox, he, he was the president of Firefighters for Christ at that time. And he was really not happy. Well, he was glad to be there, but he couldn't find a McDonald's that served cheeseburgers. Because it's in Israel, right? So we were in everywhere, and then we finally found one. He's like, oh. So he's like, go through the golden archers. And he says, he said, these golden archers stand out more than all the others. But anyway, because they had cheese. I mean, because they don't have cheese. So they have a kosher, non-kosher section. But anyway, in Israel, if you go, it's going to be hard to find one. It's just, but when we get to heaven, it's neither Jew nor Gentile. And so we've been grafting it, but he's saying he's talking to brethren and uh, understand that, you know, this applies to us because we've been grafted in because of Christ. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, we've been made one. So brethren, brother, sister, he's speaking to Christians. He's not speaking to unbelievers. He's speaking to believers. And so he says, therefore, brethren, and here's the application. He begins, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus And because of the blood of Jesus Christ, believers, we've been invited to do something that the people of the old covenant couldn't do. We've been invited to enter in where the high priest can only enter once a year. So we're now, here's the application. We can come boldly to the Holy of Holies. We can now come to Christ. This wasn't the case. The children of Israel, they matter of fact, they feared 
going near the mountain in Exodus chapter 20. The high priest, even though he had to go once a year into the Holy of Holies, he feared for his life because his life wasn't right. He would be killed right there on, on the spot. You know, I look at this and yes, you know, we can now come boldly, but can you imagine what it was to be an Israelite back in those days or to be like the high priest that knowing that when you, when it comes to the things of God, there's a reverence, there's a respect and it's a fear, not a bad fear, but it's a fear of respect. There's a difference. And we've lost that. We now, before we get to the boldness, because that's what it's saying here, we can come in. But understand, when the writer of Hebrews is writing this, it goes without saying, people feared God, unlike today. Coming into a church, oh, it's just church, I'm going to go sit down, sing a couple of songs, and hear the word. There was a fear. In Exodus chapter 20, you can read that for Homer, you find that the children of Israel, you know, when they got near Mount Sinai, the mountain of God, they saw the lightning, they felt the earth shaking, they saw the smoke, they saw everything, and they said, oh, Moses, you go talk to God for us. We don't want to go near the mountain lest we die. They feared for their life. That's what they said. We will die if we go to that mountain. Moses, whatever you say, you go. You go for us. And whatever you say, we'll take it because, listen, we don't want to go near that mountain. There was a fear. And I know sometimes when we look at this word boldness, we think, okay, I go boldly, you know. Like if we're going to see, like if we're going to go before God, hey, God, how you doing? What's up? Fist bump. Think about it. We're going to fear God. We're going to fear God. God would love you. He loves you more than a friend. So the heart is there. He understands. But when we come, think about it. When, we, when you read Revelation, when you read Revelation, you find that John, the disciple, the beloved John, John, who saw Jesus, who started to follow Jesus when he was 15 years old, he saw the man Jesus, he saw the crucified Jesus, he saw the resurrected Jesus, and in the, in the book of Revelation, he sees Jesus, he falls to his face. And we get to heaven, and so one day, very soon, uh, we're not going Je- to give Jesus a fist bump. It's going to be a reverence. It's going to be a reverence. The children of Israel feared, but here's what it is, because we, we, we look at the word boldness, yes, but again, we not understand, there's another side to it. There's a reason why we can go boldly to the throne of grace, they confidently, the high priests, they feared once a year. The children of Israel couldn't even go into the holy place. But now, therefore, brethren, therefore, brother, sister in Christ, we have this boldness that we can enter the holy of holies and be with the Lord. And I think this is important for us because we need to understand Jesus died on the cross so that we can enter that holy place. When you pray, and we take prayer so lightly today, the little that we pray, we take it lightly. One of the common denominators, you know, when it comes to Christians is that they don't pray. But when we do pray, we need to understand that we're in the presence of God. Don't take your prayer life lightly. We can now go boldly with confidence. And this is what the writer of Hebrews uh, mentioned back in chapter 4. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16, he writes this, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find help, find grace to help in time of need. That word boldly is the same word here in the Greek means to come confidently, not to come arrogantly just to come 
boldly. And you just understand, I think we take God lightly. We take church and religion, everything lightly. And I understand because the way churches are today and the way Christians are today, it makes it seem like, oh, it's just a tradition. It's just to score points. I'm going to church to score points it's because it's the right thing to do. We can come to God, the creator of the universe, who created you, who gave you life, put the scars in the sky, who created all things that we place our eyes on. He created all things. We don't need, and, and with that, because we can boldly come, we don't need to go to a church. We go directly to God. We don't need to go into a closet and speak to a man. We go directly to God. There is no mediator between God and man, but the man, Jesus Christ. And so now we can confidently, with unlimited access, according to Hebrews 14, 6, and here in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, we have unlimited access. We can boldly go and go anytime. Before we began, that's what we did. We prayed. We prayed for the unborn. We went in the presence of God. I don't know if we know what that means to be in the presence of God. Oh, I have to see it to believe it. Well, your faith. You don't see Jesus. You weren't there when Jesus was at the cross. Were you there at the cross? Were you there to see and witness the empty tomb? No. You stand in faith. You believe in Christ. That even once you die, you'll be in the presence of Christ because of Christ. You believe. Why can't we believe that we're in the presence of God when we're in prayer? In a time of devotion. In a time when we read the scriptures. We're listening to the voice of God. And I think we need to have more reverence when we come to the Lord. But at the same time, we need to come confidently. If we think of praying, reading the Bible, going to church, worship, we think anything less than that, then we have a bad theology, scripturally, of what it is to be in the presence of God. Never take that for granted. We are entering in the presence of God, and we go confidently, without fear. Verse 19, we read into verse 20. It says, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, verse 20, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. We come boldly in a new way. In other words, what was the old way? The old way was sacrifice of animals. But we come in in a new way through the sacrifice of Christ. We died on the cross, the Lamb of God. That's the new way. And a living way. The animal sacrifice the dead. The high priest is dead. But the one we serve is alive and well. So it's a new and living way compared to the old and dead way, you see. And he goes on, and I love what he puts here. A new and living way through, at the end of verse 20, the veil that is his flesh. What he's doing here, he's pointing to that time when Jesus was on the cross. You know, the veil of the temple is like almost, they say it's about 60 feet, about 60 feet high. And it's about six inches thick, the material in the temple that separated the holy of holies and the holy place. And so he's giving us a picture, Jesus Christ and this veil. What happened to that veil? Well, it was torn in two. In Matthew chapter 27, verses 50 to 51, Matthew writes this, and Jesus cried out again with a loud voice, and he yielded up his spirit. When as soon as Jesus yielded up his spirit, it says, then, behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two. How? 
from top to bottom. Not bottom to top, because if it's in the bottom, any man on the, at the very end can actually rip it. But no, Matthew made it clear. No, it tore from top to bottom, because only God ripped it, because no longer there is anything that's going to separate man to enter into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God. Whether by prayer, by worship, by devotion, by reading your word, reading the Bible, we can be in the presence of God. That veil was torn into, and he, he likened it to his, you know, to his body, and he says, the veil, that is his flesh. And just as the veil of the temple was broken, Jesus' body was broken, you see. When Jesus says, take the communion, he says, take this body, it's broken for you. He breaks the bread. That's a symbol. His body was broken. His body was marred. You know, the prophet Isaiah described how the cross looked. You know, we have all these paintings of Jesus with a little bit of scratch here. And, you know, are you kidding me? Even the Passion of Christ, Mel Gibson movie, Passion, could not describe how Jesus looked because the Bible in Isaiah describes it clearly. He said his body was so marred that it, it hardly appeared to be a man. It just looked like some object on the cross because Jesus' body was scourged by the Romans with a cat and nine tails that whipped his body and it would catch. It wasn't like they whipped his body, it was leather strands and they pulled it. No, at the end of every leather strand, there was a piece of metal or glass that once it whipped the victim, it would catch the flesh and they would rip it. And that's just one time. Imagine multiple times. The Jews had a law, you know, 40 lashes minus one. Romans didn't. So his body was broken. Why? Why, Jesus? Why did you leave your throne in glory? Why would you suffer? Suffer the scourging and the die on the cross? Because I love you. And because through my body, you can now enter the holy of holies, into the presence of God. Listen, saints, don't think the time that you spend with the Lord, don't take it lightly. You're speaking to a living God. We can now boldly go to the throne of grace. He goes on to say, in verse 21, and having a high priest over the house of God, he is the high priest of the heavenly sanctuary. Remember, we've been studying the earthly sanctuary. Now the heavenly sanctuary. The high priest was the one that oversaw the temple. And then he had almost about anywhere from 80 priests with him. But the high priest oversaw the temple. Here we have in the heavenly, heavens of heaven, Jesus Christ, through his body, as the veil, we can come in because he is the priest over that house. He's the priest over the house of God in the holy of holies. And we can now go to the very place where God's throne is, the very place where God dwells. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way. There's no other way. There's not many ways to heaven. That's pluralism. That's what the enemy wants you to believe. No, it's just heaven. I am the way. He is the truth, the truth, not a truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father. And then no one goes to heaven to the way the Father is, except through me. That's why when people say, oh, roads lead to heaven. Which heaven? Because that heaven doesn't belong to Hare Krishna. It doesn't belong to Buddha. It doesn't belong to Muhammad. It belongs to Jesus Christ. 
You need a king in order to enter into a kingdom, and that is his kingdom, and it's only through Jesus Christ you can enter into the Holy of Holies and into heaven. And so in verses 19 to 21, he reminds us that we have this access into heaven, the most holy place. Now in verses 22 to 25 is where the writer gets to exhort the believers, exhort us to stand fast, to hold what we've been given. And it's in three, to stand fast in faith. Let us have this faith. Let us have hope. Let us have love. In spite of everything we learned that Jesus has done for us, let us hold on to this faith, this hope, and love. And he gives it to us by giving us three commands. And it begins with the let us. Okay, there's three let us. Okay, uh, it's not a salad. He's not making a salad. Okay, in the Psalms, there's like a let us, let us. They call it the Psalm, you know, the let, the salad cha- chapter, uh, let us, let us. But there's three let us that's going to lead us to the faith, hope, and love. So let's look at the first one verse 22 he says let us draw near with a true heart a sincere heart that those two words is one word sincere and the romans in ancient times they know what the word sincere meant because they always asked when they would when they would purchase little sculptures uh, made of marble and what happens is that they made a sculpture and and and, and the artist kind of you know chip 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 and he's almost done with the head and chip 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 there goes the nose. Oh, I got to start all over again. But they didn't want to start all over again. So they would get some kind of clay, some kind of combination, and trying to shape up the, the nose to make it look like it's marble. But it's not. But it looks so good that when they were purchased, they would say, is that sincere? Is that real? With a real heart, true heart, let us draw near with the true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us. Notice he begins, let us. He's included himself now. Now he's included himself. That plural pronoun, us, we, we're believers in Christ. Let us draw near with a true heart. The old covenant people, they always kept at a distance. They weren't allowed to go into certain areas of the temple. Gentiles weren't allowed yeah, they were only allowed in the outer court, Gentiles who converted to Judaism, only in the outer court where they made their business. That's where Jesus turned over the table. But they couldn't go past from the outer court to the inner court because there was a sign there. If you weren't a Jew, they didn't care if you were Judaism and Jewish in the, in the religion, but if you weren't a real Jew, you could be stoned to death if you went from that point on. And then from there, only the priests could enter the next. And then the Holy of Holy, obviously, was the high priest. So we have all these barriers that didn't allow people to come or go through. Now we can come through. Let us draw near. Let us draw near with the full assurance of faith. We have faith in Christ. Our hearts have been sprinkled from evil conscience. And that's what the high priest, before they enter, they, they had to wash. They had to be washed. They had to be purified. They had to purify themselves. They had to be washed before they entered the Holy of Holies. Aren't you glad you decided to join us today on Running the Race? Pastor Eddie has been making his way through the book of Hebrews in a series, Jesus is Better. We're learning some great truths about Jesus coming to be all that the Old Testament had talked about. The strength of God's Word and how it's fulfilled is something mighty to ponder. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We pray that God's Word has been a discerner of your heart today, 
We're so glad you joined us for Running the Race. Running the Race is a radio ministry out of Calvary Chapel of Milford. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. Head over to runningtheraceradio.com to learn more about the church and hear more messages. Pastor Eddie has more to share with you in the book of Hebrews, so make sure you come back to hear more next time, here on Running the Race.